This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. The warnings have continued feverishly over the past two weeks that China is on a fast track to wage war against the United States. China on a fast track to wage war against the United States. You say, really? We hear a lot about China. We hear a lot about Joe Biden in China. We hear a lot about uh, uh, Biden's son in China. But a fast track to wage war against the U.S.? That's right. Today on Viewpoint, we're going to talk about that and its implications for us, for you, for me, for our country, and perhaps also its connection with biblical prophecy. So I hope you'll stay tuned, friends. Going back to September 13th, I have on the broadcast desk four articles. One, on September 13th, China masses ships to step up military activity around Taiwan. This year, the Chinese Communist Party has aggressively expanded its armaments and continued to build various types of fighter jets and drones. The important military bases along the coast are being continuously updated. The latest dispatch of Chinese warplanes and warships came after the United States and Canada sailed warships through the Taiwan Strait in a challenge to Beijing's territorial claims. But it began with Beijing's efforts to prepare for war against Taiwan. But ultimately, the war is not against Taiwan. It is deemed to be a war against the United States. The next article, on the very same date, China masses its troops on the coast. The next article, on the very same date, came from a U.S. Air Force general, a secretary, Frank Kendall, the Air Force secretary, Frank Kendall gave a stark warning that China is preparing for a war that the United States has no modern experience with. Now, that should be very concerning language. The Air Force Secretary said that the catalyst for a war with China would likely be Taiwan and evoked Russia's invasion of Ukraine as an example of an international war with no easy solution. Kendall warned in a memo that as quickly as China's military has advanced, the United States is not optimized for great power competition. In other words, not prepared. Why are we not prepared? Well, maybe it's because our military has been focusing on wokeness instead of preparedness. Wokeness instead of preparedness. Wokeness instead of preparedness. It's true. Kendall went on to say, Today the intelligence couldn't be clearer. China is preparing for a war, and specifically for a war with the United States. While North Korea and Russia still pose a threat on the global stage, he said, China is by far pacing our challenge. Kendall said China has created two new military branches, the Rocket Force and Strategic Support Force, the former of which is intended to attack America's high-value assets, aircraft carriers, forward airfields, and key uh, logistics nodes, and the latter to achieve information dominance in the space and cyber domains. Perhaps that's the reason why they floated that 
surveillance balloon several months ago over the United States, which Joe Biden and the military allowed to continue and said it was no problem, no big deal. Then finally, today, the final article, is China on a fast track to wage war against the United States? China is speeding up military preparation to invade Taiwan and fight against the United States, say experts. The People's Liberation Army is conducting ever more aggressive peacetime confrontation operations and accelerating its capacity to wage war. We don't need to go into all the other details that should be sufficient. So I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Myers. Conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And I want to take you to, on a little journey back to the year 2013, exactly 10 years ago. Exactly 10 years ago, I wrote a book called King of the Mountain, Eternal Epic and End Time Battle. Many of you have that book. Hopefully you've read it, but if you haven't, you need to. Chapter 19 of that book is called The Dragon versus the Eagle. The dragon represented representing China, the eagle representing the United States. And I want to share some thoughts with you that are contained in that particular chapter because it is so... We talked about this 10 years ago. We told the American people, and particularly Christians in America, exactly what was happening, why it was happening, and what the prophetic implications were going to be. But it seems that nobody was listening. It seems nobody's been listening to our military either for a very long period of time. But the jaws of the dragon are open. China has reemerged center stage on the global theater. And for the Christian church of the world, on the near edge of an exploding 21st century, the center of spiritual gravity is shifting from the United States to Asia. For the United States, the message appears to be quite clear. Move over and meet your new rival, the globe's newest superpower, China. The subtitle on the opening page of this chapter, The Dragon versus the Eagle, is called Sinister Star Rising. Sinister Star Rising. So here it is. The picture has been poignantly painted and the colors are vivid. The red dragon is rising. Over the past two decades, his sinister star has risen well over the horizon and is rapidly approaching its zenith at high noon. The warnings have been clear and consistent, yet largely ignored. As China has flooded the globe with low-cost merchandise, enervating the financial nerves of the world, particularly the West. But the West has steadfastly ignored its purchase of temporary prosperity that has simultaneously funded the coffers of an emerging global power, having every obvious intent of proclaiming world dominion. Time magazine called it Dawn of a New Dynasty. So, the things that are being proposed are 
have been in the process of being proposed for some time now are somewhat unthinkable. Already a commercial giant, though, China is aiming to be the world's next great power. Will that lead to a confrontation with the U.S.? Clearly, the implied answer was and is a resounding yes. All of that from Time Magazine 10 years ago. Is anybody listening today? I hope you will. Today on Viewpoint, we look at the dragon versus the eagle, China's rising sinister star. No longer on the horizon, but overhead. You're listening to Viewpoint. Viewpoint does determine destiny. We need to listen. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. As the world rides the so-called prosperity of cheap Chinese merchandise, we are being undermined. The entire Western world is being undermined by the very money that we spend on this merchandise that is funding China's military strength. It was several years ago, maybe four years, three, four years ago, that the Chinese president, Xi Jinping, declared, we will rule the world. That's right. He said, we will rule the world. Now, he had a date set. As I recall, it was 2050 or something like that. But the actual date doesn't really matter much. It's the intent. We will rule the world. You see, China once did have dramatic power but they lost that dramatic power notwithstanding all of their vast population Mao Zedong ruled and ruined about 40 million people before that there was another great uprising that ruined and ruled so many other millions of people the Chinese have fought back and forth back and forth for rulership internally but now In this last generation or so, there has been a very purposeful change internally within China destined to restore Chinese greatness, that the dragon will rule the world. So the dragon is rising. The red dragon is rising, as Time Magazine called it, the dawn of a new dynasty, and that was 10 years ago. And now China is turning their commercial might into real political muscle, striding onto the global stage and acting like a nation that very much intends to be the world's next great superpower, in fact, to actually rule the world. So, this is coming at a very interesting and troubling time, because 
the wings of the great eagle, that is the United States of America, have suffered moderate clipping over the past two decades and even more clipping over the last decade since I wrote the book King of the Mountain. So the glory of the American Eagle's majestic flight over the nations has become tarnished, and the pursuit of Pax Americana or the American peace through exportation of democracy has met with open antagonism in a pervasively politically correct world where multiculturalism and religious pluralism are reigning blindly supreme, where genuine biblical faith at home has fled the public domain in fear of offending a world increasingly driven by its feelings. So, as the eagle falters, that is, the United States, the dragon swoops in and finds very little resistance. In fact, so little resistance that the president, the putative president of the United States has actually been working together with his son, as the evidence increasingly shows, to undermine the United States, in favor of enriching the Biden family. That seems to be where the evidence is leading, increasingly, every day, as it comes out. So, uh, this is becoming, as Henry Kissinger, former Secretary of State, once said, a world we have not known. Never before have so many structural changes in the international system occurred simultaneously, In fact, in 1997, just two years after we launched this radio program, Kissinger said, China will emerge as an incipient incipient superpower. It's a burgeoning nationalistic pride fueling a secular faith in political and military power, increasingly asserting itself not only in the China Sea, but across the seven seas and seven continents, driving inexorably toward a dreamed destiny of global dominion. Global dominion. That same year, New U.S. News and World Report had an article called The Coming Conflict with China. Friends, that was 25 years ago, 26 years ago. So it was a bit shocking to a lot of people when Bill Clinton, then U.S. president, Democrat president, allowed his presidential campaign and allegiances to be purchased by the Chinese, soliciting, receiving vast sums from Chinese suitors, seeking political and economic favors, including most favored nation status, and rewarding such brazen bribery with unprecedented hospitality in the Lincoln bedroom at the White House. That's right. What would we prostitute in principle in the pursuit of power and prosperity? I guess we know. So from Bill Clinton on to Joe Biden, we have the same story. And the problem is that it's not just Democrats. It's Republicans as well. In fact, it was Richard Nixon that actually persuasively launched America's open arms to China. And that began 
somewhere around 1972 or earlier than that, maybe 1970. So now we're looking at a situation that has grown so rapidly as we have been funding the military machine of China, and they've gained a leader that has just gained virtual, shall we say, godhood within China, having been elevated to another term that basically has no end. He has become the virtual dictator of China. And they worship him. In spirit and in truth, they worship Xi Jinping. And he is doing everything he can to strip away all remaining vestiges of Christianity in China. That's what he's doing. Most recently, in the last two weeks, reports have come out how that which was already difficult, the persecution that was already great against Christians in China, has now multiplied many-fold, and the only churches that are going to be allowed to function are those that declare their allegiance to Xi Jinping and within their church buildings and within their written documents declare their complete support to the Chinese Communist Party. And they call it a church. That's where things are. The complete undermining and eradication of the Christian faith in China. The only churches then of any legitimacy whatsoever remaining are the house churches. And they're doing everything they can to track down and punish, arrest, torture, and imprison the leaders of the house churches and the house church movement. Now, the interesting thing, and you may not like this analogy, but as I'm writing the book, when persecution comes. What I'm discovering is that the very same pattern that has occurred in China is now happening in the United States of America with regard to the persecution of Christians. Now, it's not nearly that far along, but it is happening, and it's happening radically, so that by the time you read this new book, probably next year sometime, you're going to be shocked at what is happening, not just around the world, but in your home country. And it's moving very rapidly. How are we going to be in a position to defend ourselves when we shake our fist in the face of the God who made and preserved us a nation and follow the same pattern of China and other godless nations Who do we think we are? And Israel is facing exactly the same problem. And we're going to see how China has invaded Israel in ways that have been cultured by Benjamin Netanyahu and other leaders there in Israel. The Middle East. Suddenly we're taken to the Middle East. The China South uh, South China Sea threatens uh, to Taiwan. 
Japan and the U.S. are merely backdrops to a much bigger unfolding drama. China's landscape design is global, and the focal garden of its grandscape increasingly brings our attention to the Middle East. And maybe that's why the Jerusalem Post put forth a mind-boggling headline on May 20th, 2010. Here it is. Why China can be a game-changer in the Middle East. Really? Thirteen years ago, why China can be a game-changer in the Middle East. What is it about China that Israel doesn't get, that Israel's leaders do not get? Is China really interested in becoming a game-changer in the Middle East, either for peace or for the region's prosperity? Or is China only raping the resources of an energy-rich region to satisfy its insatiable appetite for energy to drive the engines of global conquest? But it's more than that. It's more than that, and we're going to see where this is going as we move forward here in the program today. China is and will be a game-changer in the Middle East and beyond. So, it is my humble opinion that the leaders of our world, particularly the so-called free world, and particularly the United States and Israel, need to have a shake-up in their own minds and hearts. Because explosive times are looming just ahead. You know, people are going to cry, peace, peace, yet there is no peace. Even the purported prophets out there are going to be caught up in the euphoria of peace. But China has no intention of bringing peace, except at the point of a sword. Just like Islam. So the dragon has to dispense with the eagle, that is the United States, while exploiting the bear, that is Russia, so as to overwhelm the woman riding the beast, the New World Order, the Western New World Order. Are you beginning to see what's going on here? You see, Russia now has embraced China, and China has embraced Russia. Who would have ever believed it? But that's what's happened. Because of the Ukrainian situation and how Joe Biden and his collective efforts to support Ukraine and flood Ukraine with billions and billions, hundreds of billions of dollars of American tax dollars, he has actually driven Russia into the arms of China. And China has been very willing to receive Russia. Why? Because Russia has tremendous military might. Russia also has the largest land base of any nation on Earth. Covers six time zones. China has the second highest population of any country in the world. Also has increasing military power and the desire 
to rule the world as nationalistic pride. China is using Russia. Russia is using China. Using them for what purpose? Using them to gain dominion over the rising new world Western order, new world government. That Klaus Schwab, head of the World Economic Forum, calls the Great Reset. That Joe Biden is supporting, together with many rhino Republicans. And we see the prophetic landscape developing right in front of our eyes, friends. The great powers that the Bible describes will once and finally meet on the fields of Armageddon. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chrismeyer. Today we're looking at the growing, intense battle that is brewing between the dragon and the eagle, between China and the United States, with Taiwan likely being the tripwire uh, to bring that about. So, before we go further, I want to make available to you my book, King of the Mountain. As I indicated, this book was written 13 years ago. It's as if it were written yesterday. When you read this book, you're going to find out, you're going to really kind of scratch your head and say, how could he write such a book? When this is exactly what's happening right now. Now, I believe that the Lord gives me some wisdom and some insight as to understanding the times and how to tie, connect the dots of history and prophecy together. And uh, so that's what this book helps us to do. And if you don't have it, I urge you to get a copy of it. It is a, uh, as I recall, it's a $20 book, but it's yours for $10.00 for the balance of this month. The balance of this month. In fact, all of our books, all of my books, that is, there are 10 of them on our website. All of them are available to you today and through the rest of this month. Remember, this is the 27th of September. 
after the 30th of September, this offer no longer will exist. We're not going to make any exceptions, otherwise it would make us uh, unfair. So, through the end of this month, every one of my 10 books is available for $10. Even the $22 books. I urge you to get a copy of those. Do what you can. Grab them when you can. And you say, well, why are you doing this? Because we've never done anything like this before in 28 and a half years on the air. The reason is because time is running short, friends. If you, if you haven't realized that yet, hopefully you are now. Time is running short, and we're trying to seize the moment to get the message out as broadly as we can. We can't reach everybody. On the other hand, you are God's hand extended, just like hopefully ours is through this radio program. You then become a further, shall we say, uh, echo chamber or transmitter. Maybe transmitter is the better term. You then become a sequential transmitter of the message by making these books available to your friends, your relatives, your pastor, your parachurch leaders, uh, to your neighbors, whatever, people that you work with. That's why we're bringing this price down to, I mean, we're barely breaking even. Hmm, yeah. But we're trying to get the message out. But it's now available only through September. We've been letting this... Uh, letting you all know this day after day, and uh, the time is running short. This is September 27th. These books are on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Now, here's the deal. If you're getting only one book, it's $5 postage and handling. If you're getting more than one book, even if all 10, it's $5 for the first book and $2 for every other book, postage and handling. Okay? So there's just no way we can improve this kind of situation for you. We're just going all out to get this message out. But it's only available through September. It's just not fair uh, for those who would uh, grab a hold of this opportunity in September to extend it beyond that. We're just not going to do that. Okay? So, I hope you'll avail yourself of this opportunity. All ten books right there on our website. My books only. All right? Now, we're going to go back to look at this situation with the dragon versus the eagle. And uh, I want to kind of leapfrog now uh, to the Middle East and to Israel. When the Chinese Communist regime announced its latent five-year plan back in 2011, it proclaimed to the world that China is no longer satisfied with being the world's factory and that it wants to become one of the world's innovators. So, how would China do that? 
Well, to do that, China's leaders realize that they have to turn up the startup nation, turn to the startup nation, which is the Jewish state of Israel, the greatest startup nation technologically. And the Chinese are aware of that. So, that's where they're going for innovative technology. So, to put it bluntly, the dragon is playing peacefully until it permanently secures Middle East. That is Arab and Iranian energy and Israeli technology deemed to be higher. The stakes couldn't be higher, nor the pathway more disingenuously deceptive. So, the signposts ahead in the capitals of the world are, or should be, danger ahead. But how about Israel's response to the dragon's seduction? Well, it spells both danger to Israel and the United States. Israel is actually being seduced into a place of political fornication that will produce a bastard son dedicated both to her destruction and to the destruction of the U.S., the eagle, which up to this time has guarded the startup nation with its global wings. But the stage has been set. In fact, the stage was set in 1992, the very year that the Lord spoke to my heart, you've been pleading the cause of men long enough, I want you to plead my cause in the land as a voice of the church, declaring vision for the nation, 1992. What happened then? Well, among many other things that happened then, because 92, 93 were the fulcrum years for America and the world. China and Israel established diplomatic relations for the first time in 1992. China is Israel's third largest export market, with sales of everything from telecommunications and information technology to solar energy agricultural equipment and pharmaceuticals. More than a 1,000 Israeli companies operate in China. In 2012, Benjamin Netanyahu, as Prime Minister, wished the Chinese people a happy year of the dragon. That was in March of 2012. He said, we are two ancient peoples whose values and traditions have left an indelible mark on humanity, but we are also two peoples embracing modernity, two dynamic civilizations transforming the world. Oh, transforming the world? Yeah, that's true. But to what end does Christ himself seek this kind of transformation? Well, Prime Minister Netanyahu, at that time, 2012, said, the rise of modern China is one of the most important events of our time, as is the rise of modern Israel. He said, I believe that Israel and China can act together to ensure peace in the Middle East. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It's all about money, friends. It's all about power. It's all about free stuff, inexpensive production, both for America and for Israel. But interestingly, the Times of Israel 
reported in 2012 declaring that three Chinese warships were in the port of Haifa as part of a four-day goodwill visit marking 20 years of Sino-Israeli relations. The first time the Chinese naval ships had ever docked in Israel. Oh, that should have been the hint. Why were warships there to celebrate the winning of the Chinese-Israeli heart? (laughs) It's because China is using Israel to gain dominion over the world. China has used the United States to gain dominion over the world. Between Israel and the United States now, the supposed two leading democracies, the one in the Middle East and the other in the Western world, that both had covenant foundational births, religious covenant foundational births, and both of them are fornicating with China, one of the most godless nations on the planet. What do you make of that? What time is it, friends? Are we right here on the near edge of what people call the apocalypse? The revelation of Jesus Christ? And then, in September of 2012, WorldNet Daily had this amazing headline. Kings of the East haunt us. Boy, if that headline does not grab you, if you have know anything about the Bible, I'll tell you that headline grabbed me as if somebody had just grabbed me around the neck and shaken my head. It was a six-page piece of insightful inspection of the interrelationship of the Eastern nations and their rulers. Hmm. What would that be about? What would that be about as relates to the Bible? Biblical prophecy. You might want to stay tuned to listen to this. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. When the Apostle Peter said the end of all things is at hand, maybe he didn't quite understand what at hand meant. 
but surely we do today, don't we? So I want to share with you what the book of Revelation tells us. If you were to turn to Revelation chapter 16, verse 12, you would find these words. The sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. There it is. Those very words that we talked about just before the break, the kings of the east, they're biblical words, and they point to one of the most stupendous yet ominous events of biblical prophecy, an event known as the Battle of Armageddon. It goes on to say in Revelation 16, I saw three unclean spirits. They're the spirits of devils or demonic spirits working miracles which go forth through the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to battle at the great day of God Almighty. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon or Har Megiddo. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came forth a voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. It is done. So let's explore this for a moment. What is done? Well, what is done is the trajectory of human history from creation to the second coming of Christ. All of that history is done. Everything that God projected would take place through 6,000 years of human history will be done. And it will be done in a cataclysmic war, a battle involving the kings of the East. So the way of the kings of the East has to be prepared. But the interesting thing is that there is nowhere in the Bible that describes or delineates who those kings are or their dominions. But they're plural. And obviously in their plurality, they're very powerful. Now the Bible does give us some ideas, but when we read a headline, the kings of the East. That should grab our attention, shouldn't it? So let's look a little bit further at this matter of uh, the Valley of Megiddo, Armageddon, Armageddon. And this, this, by the way, is a terrifying existential moment for the remnant of Israel and Judah. It's going to be a very serious moment. The Valley of Megiddo is a vast value. It's known throughout history as the Plain of Megiddo or the Jezreel Valley or the Valley of Esdralon. One of the most, history's most famous battlefields, having witnessed major conflicts from one fought by the Egyptian Thutmose III in 1468 B.C. to that of Lord Allenby of Megiddo in 1917 A.D., So, from 1917 to 1918, Lord Edmund Allenby of Britain led the Arab allies against the Ottoman Turks at the Battle at Megiddo, and he destroyed the 6th century rule of the Ottoman Empire that 
Mr. Erdogan wants to revive, even as we speak. So the way of the kings of the east is the way that leads to the valley of Megiddo, to Armageddon. So then we need to return to Revelation chapter 16 to find out a little bit more about this. There in that passage we're warned that the way involves the drying up of the great river Euphrates. That's the preparation necessary to facilitate this horrendous confrontation of the globe's great powers in their final desperate grasp to become king of the mountain. That's their goal. Friends, their goal is ultimately, as Satan's emissaries, to gain dominion over the Temple Mount and to rule and reign from Mount Zion. That's the goal. That's Satan's goal, and he is using these great powers in the earth and coalescing them for the final effort to place himself through an individual called the Antichrist on the Temple Mount. That's what it's about. That's why the book, King of the Mountain. So you may remember in your world history class, the uh, the Tigris and Euphrates rivers defined what is known as the Fertile Crescent of ancient history. And the Euphrates is the largest river in Western Asia. And it's generally referred to as the river in the Old Testament. The source is in eastern Turkey, and it flows to the Persian Gulf, a distance of about 1,240 miles. So that ancient river, renowned through the history of man, going all the way back to the time of the Garden of Eden, divides the Middle East from east and far east. It's a major natural and strategic barrier for any significant land passage from the east to the Middle East, and so it stands in the way of the kings of the east. But the book of Revelation says those great waters are going to be dried up. Is that possible? Well, we do know that a number of years ago, the reports were coming in that the waters of the Euphrates were drying up. It's true. In 1990, the Indianapolis Star carried this headline, Turkey will cut off flow for Euphrates for one month. A huge reservoir has been built by Turkey to fill the reservoir. Turkey would stop the flow of the Euphrates for one month. So the Turkey is now capable of controlling, indeed stopping, the Euphrates River at its will. But that wasn't all. Syria was said to be drying up. The immense Euphrates River, Syria's main source of water, was drying up. Over 400,000 wells ran dry. No water. Political pressure was building. Snakes were now a serious business along the Euphrates. The British headline in their paper, The Independent, commanded the attention of any open-minded biblical scholar in 2009 saying, as Iraq runs dry, a plague of snakes is unleashed. 
In actuality, it was not Iraq, but the Tigris and Euphrates rivers that were running dry due to an unprecedented fall in the water levels. The report was so graphic, saying swarms of snakes are attacking people and cattle. The Euphrates and Tigris rivers are drying up, and the reptiles are losing their natural habitat, and people are terrified and leaving their homes. Then, another report came from Nineveh in the north to Ur of the Chaldees in the south, where Abraham came from. A buildup of salt in the soil is making much of the land barren and infertile. So the saw-scaled viper and the desert cobra were staging a command performance. Now, you can see, then, we have record that the Euphrates River has dried up and can dry up and will dry up again, just as God said. So, now we have to look at what is this with the Chinese? Their rage that takes the form of kind of a hyperventilated nationalism now. They believe this is their last chance to really become the world conqueror that they see themselves as becoming. So the march of China is manifest by every modern measurement, whether economic, technological, political, or military. The dragons, claws, and jaws are grasping greedily for expanding dominion. That's the intent. It's been declared. A giant is stirring, declared a headline. If the 20th century belonged to America, the 21st may belong to China. The world has never seen so big a nation rise as far and as fast as China has in the past 20 years, said the article. So you can say that the plot lines of biblical prophecy are, are becoming very clear. Some of the details are not quite uh, disclosed yet. Who are these kings of the east for whom the Euphrates River is going to dry up? But we know that it is going to, because when God has spoken, it's going to happen. But here's what it says in Revelation. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were two hundred thousand, thousand, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three, these three was the third part of men killed by the fire, by the smoke, by the brimstone which issued out of their mouths. In other words, this is a picture of unmeasured carnage that the world has never seen before through war. Who is able to field an army of two hundred million men. China. There are only two nations capable of doing that. One would be China and the other would be India. But China, India's military is not that sophisticated. China, with a current population in excess of 1.3 billion people, is able to do that. In fact, if you go back to Time magazine in 1965, here were the words. Red China passed the word that its 
hundred million man militia has gone into serious training. The mainland press screamed shrilly that units were engaged in intensive bayonet and machine gun drill, men and women in blue boiler suits marching briskly through Peking streets with rifles slung. Hmm. And it's the gender side of the getting rid of a hundred million women that has now rendered China the perfect place to sacrifice 200 million men on the altar of national pride at the Valley of Armageddon. That's where we are, friends. And as we speak, as we launch today's program, we have the warning from the Secretary of the Air Force that China is now amassing its forces and are preparing for war using Taiwan as the excuse. But America, the eagle, as the goal for its destruction. Now, why would we even talk about this? Because you could say, well, I can't do anything about that, and you can't do anything about that. That's true. We can't stop that. You can't stop that. In fact, the Bible says this thing is going to happen. So why would we even talk about it? It's because, friends, the reason the Bible, the reason God reveals these things is so that you and I will be taking the time to diligently prepare spiritually for that which is coming. It's like turning Yom Kippur on steroids. Time to repent. Time to get straight with God. Time to get our lives reoriented. Time to seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let's return unto the Lord. For he is gracious and merciful and will abundantly pardon if we come to him in sincerity and in truth. Get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain, friends. $10 special today. All our 10 books on special through the end of September. Get them today. Saveus.org right there on the website. God bless. Be a blessing. Let's get our lives in order for history's final hour. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.